Hello everyone, I'm Adrian. Hey everyone, I'm Dakshesh. And you are listening to Biz Talk. Guys, do you ever feel that there is so much happening in the business and tech world, but you don't really understand all of it? Or do you feel that you have a very myopic understanding and your understanding might just be limited to your role in the organization that you're working for? You know, there are so many new roles coming up which weren't there a couple of years back. Like what does a CCO, a CDO or a CRO even do? Or how are the business practices in large firms different from startups? We sort of have an understanding, but do we really understand it? We realized that the best way to get a holistic view of business and tech was to speak with industry leaders who have been there, done that. So join us at BizTalk as we converse with leaders in business and tech to learn, understand and gain insights from their experiences. These leaders would be spread across different industries, roles and geographies. So almost 20 years ago, the advent of cloud gave birth to the subscription economy. This was the first time that the customer was in the driving seat and every organization had to ensure that their customers were successful using their products or else they would churn. After all, we all know how difficult it is to acquire new customers versus retaining an existing one. For companies to truly adopt a customer first approach, the customer success movement was born. It was no longer a buzzword that was used to be that was used a few years ago. Many organizations started to understand the need for it and they started working towards it as well. And they were trying to become more and more customer obsessed. Our guest today is perfectly suited to speak about customer success. He's not only seen the customer success evolve as a key business function, but has also founded, driven, built, and evolved it over the years, making his organization truly customer obsessed. He was the seventh employee to join the organization and an inaugural member of the customer success team back in 2013. Fast forward to 2020, their customer success team has close to 200 members they are the market leaders in the mobile app attribution space, capturing more than 70% of the market share. Guys, today we have with us the Chief Customer Officer of Apps Flyer, Ziv Pellet. Ziv, welcome to BizTalk. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. I mean, like, we are glad to have you, Ziv. And like, before we jump into our discussion, so we have this ritual of asking a few questions to our guests that gives our listeners a better chance to know them as business professionals. So I'm going to dive right into the questions. The first being what's not on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, I guess uh, the, the, the first thing will be uh, my passion for food, cooking and, and eating. Awesome. Uh, and one book that you would recommend everyone to read and why so? Yeah, I have many recommendations, but maybe top is definitely Shoe Dog about Nike's uh, founder. And I think that uh, what anyone can take from there is that uh, if you are persistent, you will definitely get, uh, get your goals uh, done. I mean, that's, that's, that's a great uh, reference. And I think just thinking about 
the Michael Jordan days where um, you know Jordan signed up with Nike. I think both of them, what really worked at that partnership was this exact thing: persistence and how to be determined to win and grow. So I think great reference there. Yeah, um, I agree. And moving on to the next question, so who do you look up to in the CS community? Yeah, so um, I, I look I look up to many many people. So. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things uh, that I'm uh, doing is definitely uh, connecting with as many leaders as possible and see as many practices as possible. But for this question, I think my answer is I look to up to, to the individual customer success manager and their day-to-day. I think I learn most of how they work and the things that they do that amaze me uh, over and over and makes me change my uh, vision and strategy. Awesome. And like, where do you think or who, who do you think the customer success function should roll up to? Like, where should it sit in the hierarchy of an organization? Yeah, that, that, that's easy. That's, uh, I uh, write a lot about uh, uh, this question. Uh, I believe that the customer success function should always report to the CEO. And there's a, I, I think that if you look at the, at the customer journey in B2B SaaS, then sales is important, marketing is, everything is important. But if you look at customer success, that's the longest uh, journey, that's the longest stage in the journey. As uh, if you are successful, if you have a good product and you are doing uh, well on the service side, then you'll have uh, customers uh, five to 10 years with you, uh, if not more. So uh, I think customer success must, must roll up to the customer, to the chief, the chief executive officer. Awesome. I mean, the reason why we put that there is because today, today we observe that a lot of, you know, companies, like, they're trying to be customer obsessed and customer centric, but not a lot of their leaders are rolling up to the CEO directly. And very important point that you brought up is that the customer would stay with you on a longer journey on the CS side of things. Right. And that's where they would grow with you. They would be your advocates. Uh, they would, uh, uh, you know, help you improve your product, all of that. And hence it becomes so important for them to roll up to the CEO. I, and I love that. Yeah, if, if, if you take it with uh, one more uh, sentence, if you think about one word that describes why customers love a product or stays with you or advocate for a product, I'll say one word will be experience. So it's how you experience, and it's, I think that it's a great word that uh, d- describes everything. So you experience a product, what, what we, if you are uh, opening a ticket with the support team, you experience service, customer success, every engagement is an experience. And in the end, if you translate the CEO role instead of being the chief executive officer, it's just the chief experience officer. And that's why customer success should roll up to him. Awesome. I think this leads up to the next question pretty well. So where do you think most customers leaders go wrong? Yeah, I, I think we, we are, we, we can all go wrong. Uh, we can make lots of mistakes and this is part of the journey, making mistakes. Uh, and mm-hmm. we always say that uh, you need to learn from your mistakes and not do it again and again. But you know, when, when, when you, when I 
you know, think about this question and then customer success leaders go wrong. I think customer success leaders needs to be stronger, um, not fast to uh, adopt KPIs, goals, strategy. Uh, I think they, they, they need to find time to think more and until they find the right strategy and derive, derive uh, the right goals from that. Uh, if I were to rush goals in 2017, I would, I would uh, pick a churn and that would be devastating as a, as a goal, as a direct goal. Understood. Great. And I think just, uh, so last one on these sort of questions. So where do you think CS is heading now? What, what does the future of CS looks like? If I look at the very macro level uh, from 2012 until today and to the future and maybe five years ahead, I think that uh, customer success evolved from account management and was also in some uh, was uh, looked at as a glorious support. And then you can say 2012, 2013, 2014 was more focused on value and became the value management. And uh, today I feel that we are already 50-50 between uh, value and relationship. And I think that in the next uh, two, three, five years, we'll see that the, this role is actually getting to be the centric relationship manager between the company and the partner or the vendor, uh, definitely in B2B SaaS. Thanks a lot, Ziv. That's a great answer. And especially on the point that you mentioned that customer success earlier and even still in a lot of companies is more of like a glorious support rather than a value-driven function. So Ziv, in your language, according to you, if you had to explain it to a kid, what does customer success mean to you? How would you define it to someone who's new to the world of customer success or someone who's trying to build up CS practices in the organization? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's many things, but if I try to take it to the most granular explanation, it would be um, you bought a solution, you bought a new product, and the minute that you bought it, you got a new team member in your team that uh, he is there to help you understand how that product communicate with your uh, other product, other stack in that area. And it will help you uh, take it, or it will help you take the most value out of that product as fast as possible. That's in the most granular way. Great, and I think also another interesting point that you kind of mentioned is values so two things that i was hearing clearly from you was around the value piece and the relationship relationship bit would you be able to elaborate on the why of you know value and relationship as a core focus and like how do you go about building that yeah absolutely um so you, you know uh, when when we evolve so i'm doing now uh, customer success in appsware for uh, almost seven years and when we started, we were a very small startup and we were just running, uh, onboarding customers, onboarding new customer success managers. And 
we, we didn't stop to think about uh, KPI or goal uh, or a strategy or what is the mission statement. When, when we stopped for a second, we understood that what works really well with what really gives, uh, uh, what, what makes customers love us and what, what gives them the, a lot of value is our focus. That we focus on the value of the product, the need, uh, what 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 they really uh, uh, bought uh, the solution for, and then when we when we did have time and we did uh, stopped for a second for the mission statement, uh, we said that we want to help customers achieve their desired outcomes while building long term relationships. So when we wrote the first piece. Uh, was uh, I think th th this is a very important realization of customer success and what needs to be done, what's the core. It's still the focus. I think it's, it's still the, 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 the very focus of customer success. Understand why a customer bought your product. How can I help them achieve that as soon as possible? And then, you know, uh, in big customer success in B2B SaaS, yeah, customer is customer for life, then you need to start reiterating. What's next? What is the next value? What can I provide more? Uh, and, and it's a continuous discussion between the companies and what other values I already have available and I can provide and what other values I can think about together, brainstorm, design, and, and then of course uh, build for those companies. A, a, a B2B SaaS that does that really, really well will stay here for long, if not uh, for life. Yep, and I think what's even more interesting, I think what would be really helpful, uh, so like you mentioned, right, that during the journey is when you guys evolved, you understood what does value mean to your customers and relationships and the experience bit, and then you changed a lot of things that you might have changed at your uh, within your teams, within the product, within other functions, etc. So, if some, if people listening out there, if you would have to advise them on how do you go about building the measurement piece around, let's say, values and relationships, if you could share, how does that look like, and how can you know somebody measure these uh, at their organization? I think that would be wonderful. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a great question. It's uh, it's uh, you have to break it to many, many, many questions. But in the end, I think that um, you need to first you need to uh, have a, a product and product offering that will enable you to do that. So if you have a B two B SaaS now and it's a product that uh, enhances uh, uh, salary reports, and uh, that product offering is uh, by license and there's no upsell, so the, the upsell is more licensed, then the customer success manager will have minimal value to provide to that uh, uh, to their uh, customers. If you have a B2B SaaS company where you have a, a basic product and uh, a, a bucket, a big bucket of non-premium features and a nice bucket of premium features, then customer success managers will have a lot of things to offer, a lot of things to discuss. And uh, a good, a good uh, uh, sign will be if a customer success manager cannot show all the value or, or build all the value proposition in one, two, three, or even four meetings with that customer. That will be a very good sign for the company. 
measuring when when you have that measuring i would say will be uh, the great the great thing is is measuring the uh, engagements the in indications uh, of providing that value i spoke about mm -hmm. the value of reporting i spoke about the value of exporting i spoke about the value of uh, uh, feature x and then we measure uh, two weeks four weeks eight weeks after if uh, that customer started using that feature and uh, i spoke about the non-premium feature now when i speak about the premium feature a feature that costs uh, uh, more additional uh, subscription then it's actually it's a cs qualified lead to sales and sales will decide if they uh, want to go and open an opportunity with that customer, uh, we, we just signal that there's a very high intent for, for the customer uh, to look into that premium feature. And I think it builds a very, very good funnel between customer success, their existing customers, and sales uh, towards upsell and expansion. Great, and I think uh, uh, while you were explaining the three different scenarios, I think what I heard was the bit where, let's say, it comes down to upselling or um, you know cross-selling functionalities or features. You mentioned that you know the involvement of a sales would really help, uh, and so th that kind of brought opens up to a broader conversation on how CSMs should be measured, uh, and second, like what should be the play between a CS, uh, CSM and an AM and like how do you kind of manage these two functions together like where do you involve uh, only a pure play CS with let's say adoption related maybe metrics and somebody from an AM role who joins the CSM who has more of a sales related role I think if you can touch upon that that would be like in your view how do you think uh, it should be set up yeah uh, so I, I think it's, it's uh, there's, there's uh, an amazing opportunity here to explain uh, how the investment of CS is crucial, and and, and then what you measure them uh, is is uh, again crucial. So, if you measure customer success managers, even just measure them on on revenue, then it will uh, focus their uh, investment uh, around revenue. So. If you have a portfolio of uh, 30 customers and uh, five or 10 are potential to grow, then the CSM will, will focus there. Um, now, when you look at another direction and you know, uh, let's think about the customer that was with us for uh, two years and we invested so much in getting them and then onboard them. And then I, I as, a, as their customer success manager, I built, a, I really worked hard to build a, a very good relationship with three, four, five people in, in the company. And then looking at revenue, if I tied to revenue, if I'm doing the upsell, I think that uh, that will be, uh, that can jeopardize my relationship with that customer. So what, what we do, we, we measure uh, customer success managers on the value piece, on creating that funnel of, selling non-premium features to customers with no revenue, with no commercials, and 
creating those uh, indications or uh, qualified CS leads to sales. It's it's uh, it's creating it's 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 creating a very uh, interesting uh, machine of of uh, building and 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 growing relationships on one side and value, uh, while uh, not related in another channel, sales are continuing to grow these customers. Ziv, just to understand it correctly, so the CS team would be working towards building leads and uh, you know trying to showcase the value of uh, the premium features through the relationships. And it's an important KPI for the CS team to build those leads and relationships, but you are not uh, finally measuring them on that. Is that correct? Is my understanding correct? Yeah, the, the, the main measurement is on getting those qualified leads and uh, the indications uh, for non-premium features. So every CSM has a number uh, that they must pass every month uh, of number of indications. So you could say that it's uh, they produce uh, upper funnel uh, value for the company, for us. Uh, and you can see that the, the effect of that is, uh, is it's, it's just amazing. So we, we do that now for uh, two, almost two and a half years. And uh, mm -hmm. the effect is tremendous. Yeah, uh, over, over $150 million in uh, incremental revenue. Yeah. I was just getting into that because still in a lot of companies, there is this debate that whether customer success is a cost center or a value center for a company and sometimes it can be a bit hard to justify the ROI as well. So can you walk us through the journey of how did you uh, reach towards that $150 million mark and why did you feel that it was important to do? Yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, first it's imp really important to mention and emphasize that revenue at no point was the goal. The goal was value. The goal was to make sure that the, the customer success managers engage with customers with the right value. Uh, a better customer success manager is a customer success manager that understands the right value to customer. And we also, uh, uh, the indications are equal. So the indication of a premium or a non-premium feature are equal. So. The, the, the drive for customer success managers is not uh, revenue. I think mm -hmm. it was the right thing to do. I think it was, it was the right uh, thing to do as a company. And because our product is one amazing and on the other, on, on the other side, mission critical and uh, almost every company, every B2C company needs it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the reason why it worked. So it couldn't, it, it couldn't have worked only because customer success were focused on the absent and feature adoption indication. It mm -hmm. couldn't have worked only if the product was amazing. It couldn't have mm -hmm. worked if only the product was a mission critical product. But when it's a mission critical product and it's amazing and you have a customer success management team, it is focused on, on value and driving every month more and more value to customers then it's, it's really 
phenomenal. And I think that the, 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 the one point there is that, uh, that I will emphasize again, while it's not focused on revenue, and we are focusing on equal upsell indication or feature adoption indication, it means that most customer success managers will work, will drive value to the, to the entire portfolio, not only to the top five or top 10 customers in their portfolio. Mm-hmm. And if you look at companies in, in other examples, uh, if uh, a customer success manager is commercial, is measured by revenue or book of business, they will focus on the top 20, 30, 40% of customers in their portfolio. And the other customers that might grow in six or 12 months, uh, maybe they didn't have budget this year, but maybe next year they will be the next company that will raise 100 or $200 million. But you didn't give, you didn't focus on them back then. So probably you don't have a better, you, you don't have a, a good relationship in that company. So for customer success managers at AppsFlyer, we are engaged with all those customers, doesn't matter if they have budget or not. We are investing in them uh, with value and with customers that doesn't have budget. We, we, of course, we offer more non-premium value. And then I think that, you know, it's, it's natural, but I think that they remember that when they grow in a year or two, they remember the vendor that invested in them uh, when it, it wasn't fo- when when it wasn't focused on revenue. Mm-hmm. That's that's really amazing to see this. But like personally, from my experience, what I see is that a lot of companies struggle on this aspect, and they generally divide customers on the basis of the existing spend that they have with them, rather than on the basis of the future potential that the customer would have. And yes, as you said that, you know, this would make a big difference when the company probably goes for an IPO two years down the line or has lots of money to spend then. So all of, so how do you ensure that each customer is getting adequate and the same amount of value? Is it through some sort of scaled initiatives from your end or is it like you divide a number of accounts per customer rep equally? How do you guys execute on that? Yeah, so so it's it's very because we have uh, lots of offices and we have uh, we're uh, serving lots of markets, uh, around thirty markets today. So we're fully global. We have people on the grounds in uh, thirteen offices in eleven countries. Uh, that's only customer success. It's out, out of our eighteen offices. Um, so I, I think that the the crucial point here is, you know, as there's there's some decisions that I'm uh, postponing as much as I can. So. One of the, some of those decisions that I'm postponing as much as I can is to divide customer success to enterprise, mid-market, and long-tail. So we have only long-tail and the rest. So every customer success manager is managing customers from tier one to tier four. So they have a good blend. And some of the practices that they see in tier one, they can then uh, go and use in tier four. And I think mm-hmm. that's great. Another point is that we, we didn't, uh, till, till uh, today, uh, we, we didn't uh, decide on uh, vert, v- uh, verticals. So mm-hmm. there's no verticals for customer success manager. It's, and it's, it, again, it's, uh, it has so many values. So one, the work of the customer success manager is really interesting day in, day out. If you think about that, 
Uh, I work with an e-commerce company and I work with a travel company and I work with a gaming company and I work with a dating company. So I see different marketeers uh, and how they work in different verticals. I think that's amazing. So, you know, if uh, one customer success manager works only with finance or banking in another company, then a year after, two years after, it can be a little bit boring. Here, I think that uh, they see... Uh, some industries and their ups and downs and, and uh, different strategies. And I think you learn a lot. You are, you, you are becoming an expert from the other side. I think that's, that's exactly. really, really great. And uh, I, I think, I, yeah, I think that's, that's really, really important. Yes, that's really interesting because most of the times we see that people in business, even, uh, you know, in the top leadership, they can become very myopic. But whereas there can be a lot of good practices which can come from a totally different industry. So if you have that kind of exposure, nothing like it. Ziv, you said that you are contemplating the fact of making a shift towards, you know, SMB, mid-market and uh, enterprise or probably verticalization. Why? And you are postponing that decision as of the moment right now. But why are you thinking towards, why are you thinking in that direction? Like, what's the rationale behind it? Yeah, I, I, I think you always need to uh, iterate on those uh, um, strategies. I think you get to some kind of a, of a size of a team. So in average, we will have between 20 to 30 accounts per CSM. Uh, you know, the CSM teams are now 152 customer success managers, including leaders. It's around 125 individual contributors, maybe 130. It's a very, very big team serving lots of lots of customers. And uh, maybe that's, the, that's uh, the point, maybe, that we need to think about uh, enterprise mid-market and long-term. But not for sure. Again, like that's, uh, again, strategy and, and, and vision uh, that we think from time to time. And we take those decisions and we can revert decisions. Mm-hmm. Got it. Ziv, uh, so I think uh, great points around that. And I think just want to pick up one of the questions that I just, uh, that, that I previously asked you, uh, which was around, you know, who does CS report into? And you, you kind of mentioned that CEO uh, is like the right suite. And also from that, what I also wanted to understand is how do you drive, you know, customer success or the experience bit across multiple functions like product, sales, marketing? I mean, how do you drive that? Uh, what are your recommendations to some of the team? Because what we fundamentally believe that the experience bit is not re- not only limited to the customer success function. It's across every team uh, that is customer facing. So how do you drive that? How do you build or build that into the DNA of the company? Yeah, I think I think first, uh, you know, customer obsessed is not just uh, two words. It's uh, it's a culture. And that culture in Upslayer started uh, around 2016. And it's, uh, it's very vocal, not only from my side, but it's also coming from the CEO, which I think is, that's, that's, that's fundamental. So like if you, if, you, if you don't get to that level, then you can be a customer obsessed department. But when you get to that level and, you know, we are speaking uh, internally, we have uh, many, many uh, initiatives that we're pushing and some of those are 
customer customer obsessed engineering and, and and other things and i think that that that's great so i think that definitely if you go to the the most uh, internal departments that sometimes don't doesn't uh, even see uh, the, the product uh, and how it's used uh, with customers i think you must take them outbound to see the product to see the use uh, of customers uh, to see the value and to see the challenges i think that's that's really really uh, important and then uh, all the all the departments that you mentioned we partner with all and with with some we have day to day engagement and they work with us with customers so we have a huge partnership with the partners team uh, we have a, a daily uh, work uh, global with marketing uh, sales is uh, cl- very close work uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, examples here but i think in the end it's in the core of what does the company culture is how we how do we think internally and we think customer obsessed we think what can we do for our customers today how can we improve the experience uh, I, I think that's that's crucial and that was one of the crucial points for us to be successful yep and 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 you know, i was actually going through one of your webinars i think that you did back in december i think very interesting point that you had kind of talked about was how the product teams actually spend time with your customers um and you know from the experience bit also you as a cs team how do you wow your customers uh, and i remember you kind of celebrate you talked about celebrating for example your customers wins for example if they raised a funding you guys used to send i think uh, you know gifts or i think cakes it was like yeah. if you you know talk about like how did how did you build this whole close net like what are the outcomes that this drove for you as a company where in the product team is actually going and interacting with uh, customers like how did it really help yeah yeah i, I think w- when we started sending cakes from milestones it was really just uh, an initiative someone thought about it and we just did it but we i think we we didn't even understand what we just created so uh, one of the things that we created back then was uh, an amazing a opportunity uh to to celebrate with customers so when i speak about it in that presentation i in the very beginning of the presentation i show a few examples of companies and experiences with customers and uh, i show there an airline and i show the airline because i think that uh, airlines and or flights are very very comparable to b2b saas so you fly a lot and you have an airline that you like but even that airline that you like will have uh bad experiences bad experiences in in flights are inevitable but it's how the airline actually treats that 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 bad ex- that bad experience how they deal with us and you know airlines that deal with bad experiences really really well and you know airlines that deal with bad experiences really really uh bad and uh, you don't know you don't want to fly with them anymore now in b2b saas when we when we said that in milestones 
we will celebrate with customers. It, 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 it enabled one more opportunity to connect with them on a very positive note. And where you get in the future to some bad experience, then it eases that treatment of that bad experience. Um, that's one. Second, and I think that it's uh, crucial for customer success, I think that customer success managers, uh, um, one of the main things that they need to do in the beginning of a relationship with a new customer is understand their product, understand their business model, understand how they make money, how they, what, what, what are they going to, to do to uh, generate revenue? Your, your new customer. Now, when you go and you celebrate milestones like funding or like celebrating a KPI, a goal that uh, they reached, it means that you understand their business, you understand their progress, you understand, you know their KPIs, you know their goals. And I think it's, it's, it's a very, very important step for customer success managers in order to understand the company that they work with. And it's a good, you know, it's not an icebreaker, but in another elevate, another step in building that relationship and deepening it. I think that one of the most important things that customer success needs to do today is to really understand who they're working with, who will be their customer uh, on a daily basis, and how can they create, how can they build that relationship long term. I think one of the things that we are understanding now, uh, two years or one and a half years after starting the uh, working uh, uh, towards uh, building better relationships with customers and understanding those relationships is that in the end, customer success, the, the, the investment of a company in customer success is an investment in the relationship capital. And there's many, many, many examples of what that relationship capital means for the company. But in the end, when you have a, an average of uh, two and a half years of a champion working in one of your customers until they uh, switch a company, that's your relationship capital. If you did a really good job as a customer success manager and you, you built a very good relationship, most likely, most likely, you will have a champion, you will have an advocate, or maybe even a decision maker that will push a new company to work with you. And I think in B2B SaaS, when we look at uh, some of the greatest companies, those greatest companies succeeded uh, with that. I'm, I'm sure that uh, we can throw a few uh, examples here. Uh, in addition to AppsFlyer, uh, it can be companies like Asana and Slack, and uh, we, can, we can name a, a dozen, but think about how many champions left a company in 2014, 2015, and went to a new company and immediately installed Slack. That's right. Wow, yep. this is so great, in fact, uh, the point that you mentioned that, you know, celebrating your customers win their milestones, it is so simple, but yet so powerful. Like I'm still taking some time to wrap my head around there. Uh, Ziv, quite an interesting thing. In fact, for a lot of companies, what they have started doing is like 
apps fly they have realized that relationship is the key so the last case that we had he was talking about that how they have started tracking the movements of the current employees to newer companies as well as they have started tracking the movements of their uh, current customers to new companies and they realize that if they are able to build those relationships maintain those relationships successfully that can be a great gtm for them as well you know mapping those relationships and their movements if uh, another point that uh, we wanted to discuss was that you have been a part of apps players since you know the company got initiated and you have scaled the company and you have scaled the cs team to a to an exponential level so any learnings that you would have had till now and how do you think a cs team evolves at different stages yeah it's a great question um i, I think learnings we can we can speak about that for definitely another hour but um <laughs> i i think if if you know breaking it to points uh i think that uh first you need to have a very good strategy at things and so uh if you we decided that we go global that our uh uh main strategy main goal is market share we want to serve all customers in all sizes so it was very very important for us to go and grow the team in the first step towards bridges uh, still in one office but speak uh several languages then we decided that we want to be close to some of our core customers so we decided to open offices in san francisco in beijing in bangkok uh and then uh, the next point was already uh being truly global and being in uh, 18 offices i i think that the key for everything the maybe you can say the infrastructure for everything was hiring great people i think it's uh, it sounds uh like uh, someone something anyone will say but i think that uh, it was crucial uh, like uh, if you look at the my first 30 maybe 40 hires in customer success i think that that was crucial and it's also very interesting to see how many of those people uh, are still uh, with appsflyer in the team and in other teams so some went to product or sales and it's also great to see that um i i think that one true example of of how important hiring is is that if you look today and it's a post that i uh, uh posted in linkedin two weeks ago i said always aim to promote from within and you have an example of that is that uh, today i have 40 leaders in my teams customer success and support and 33 were individual contributors including me including a big portion of the leadership so i, I think it's a, it's a it's a very good testament for that uh uh vision but also it 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 also saying that uh, it's a proof that the hiring that we did uh, was uh, really really good it's also a good it's, it's a good example for anyone who wants to join a company so uh they they definitely needs to join appsflyer uh because they they should see that the uh, uh in fact that uh, if they will be uh, great 
then in a year or two, they will have an, uh, an opportunity to grow. Thanks a lot, Ziv. That makes a lot of sense. And the entire conversation was really enriching. The biggest takeaway for me has been how crucial relationships are and whether be it externally with your customers or internally with your employees as well as you were talking about, you know, always promote internal talent. And I'm pretty sure that anyone who is from a customer success team in a well-established company or someone who's trying to build a customer success arm, you have definitely provided a lot of great insights and broken a lot of big myths as well. So thanks a lot for the time. It was a great session for us. We loved having you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Siv. Thanks for your time.